happy face coming at you from Prague and bringing you a happy face. All right, people, today we are going to talk about body and memory. If I shrunk myself and you down to microscopic size and put you in the inner ocean of the human body, would you take the deep dive with me? Get ready for a big dog, drop of blood in your hand, no, actually not your hand, and safe ride back. At first, we float on the surface of our mind. Mind that remembers and recalls concepts and events. Mind or memory that learns a poem, train departure time and remembers the sequence of events surrounding our first rendezvous. This is the most obvious type of memory, explicit or declarative memory as scientists call it, and is found at the state of our full consciousness. On the other hand, there is so-called implicit or procedural memory. This one is hidden at first glance and contains everything that we do not remember consciously. This one is under the surface of our thought process. Are you ready for the dive? In the ocean of subconscious level, we are surrounded by our habits, ingrained and fully automatic. Implicit memory contains, for example, light movement of a gymnast who flows through space full of pirouettes and loops, or a harp player who uses his fingers effortlessly in perfect harmony. Implicit or procedural memory also includes the ability to drive a car and type on a keyboard, or perhaps ability to tie a shoelace. It's all about skills and experience. Oftentimes we get in trouble verbalizing such a silent know-how of our bodies. Just like dancing a waltz, it's easier to simply show it and dance it. This memory type is therefore very closely connected to the body. Okay, so here we have a conscious and subconscious memories. I want to show you now how implicit unconscious memory works in people whose explicit conscious memory is unavailable. The experiment was conducted by Swiss neurologist and psychologist Eduard Claparet and followed a patient who suffered from amnesia. The patient was a woman who was not able to store new information in her memory. In the study, Clapart gave her a hand with a pin in it to greet her with a handshake and he slightly injured her 
Next day the patient was unable to remember the incident, but she was hesitant to shake an offered hand. Without access to conscious memory, the body of the patient was able to store the information. Hmm, that was very interesting for me. But let's dive below the consciousness now. We descend from the brain area and follow nerve fibers deep down to connective tissue, muscles, organs and cells. Nerve impulses move from brain structures down into the body as reaction to our senses, as reaction to life. Through perception, relationships, social and cultural influences, bodily experiences arise. They are formed. These experiences are inscribed in the body and can be of a wide spectrum, from negative, just like I described in uh, the patient experiment, through neutral to positive. The positive one can be a heart rate that rises after a contact with a beloved person, for example. So now try to imagine a large cattle dog in the neighbor's garden jumping and barking ferociously at the fence every time you pass by. From time to time there is no dog barking because it's busy hunting wolf somewhere. Your body though performs the same uh, physiological responses when preparing to pass the unfriendly dog's fence. Our experiences affect bodily functions and have the power to change the structure of tissues and cells, even the biomechanics of the body, and can induce changes at hormonal and nervous levels. Even after years, if we return to that neighbor's garden, our body can trigger the same reaction again without us having to think about it. Just like sea currents, bodily signals flow in both directions. That is also in the direction back to the brain. Few, however, make it to the level of the conscious mind and manifest, for example, as uncomfortable symptoms of an illness. So only few reach it to the conscious level. It is often very difficult to follow up these symptoms and find the origin of our problems. It can be very helpful and sometimes it is our last hope to learn to listen to our body and understand more of what it has to say through different signals, such as fatigue, pain, etc. The body wants us to be aligned with it and act according, accordingly. Many modern therapies work with negative experiences on a physical level and stimulate healing from there. 
Many relaxation techniques open the door to inner spaciousness, silence and stillness. This inner awareness enables us to see with clarity and detect potential problems or tensions in the body and mind. With that wisdom, we gradually emerge back to the surface and bring to light what was hidden and what could have blocked the flow of our life energy. We start feeling what was once undetectable. As they say, feeling is the key to healing. But I'm fit and happy, many can say. And that is great. But every step we take towards self-knowledge and expansion of our consciousness is a step closer to a greater freedom, relaxation and insight in life. And that leads to a common well-being. There's nothing to lose. I will close this article with a quote from James Lowe. If we want to find out what's going on, we have to look. Look without trying to know what we should see. It is you now to have a happy face.